When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Welcome to episode 14, season 12 of the Fighting Cop podcast. How you doing, boys? Uh, Felonius Filth joins us, as does Ricky. Felonius, how are you doing? We, we did um, our uh, five statements reaction to the game yesterday. So if you want to hear more of Felonius' thoughts on the game, you can go and subscribe to patreon.com forward slash Fighting Cock. Um, but how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, good. Um bit weird i mean with all the arsenal fallout it almost feels like we didn't win but i kind of got over myself what are you and talking I'm happy about that we won again yeah, well, it, for i know you, i don't know for, for you it know. did it's, for you it did for me it felt like we won i know i just kind of feel it's almost like we won weeks ago the, the brighton game but yeah all good all good in the hood you've got to gain some fucking resilience mate like they may yeah, be we, we want, we, we all have weak moments. I mean, you know, um, even Chrissy Bat Junior got you know to, had to take a knee against George Groves. You know, even the best of us. Indeed, I, no, I but I'm here now. Yeah, you are. You are here, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> uh, Ricky, how are you doing, mate? I'm all good, mate. All good. Three points, so all good. In the hood. Solidified the th- third, so I'm all good, mate. We'll solidify much more than that, including your mum, later in the podcast. But before. <laughs> Before we do that, uh, it's you know we we have beaten Brighton, but did you was you Rick? Did, we, how did you feel about the? Um, so Spurs beat uh, drew against Frankfurt, and we played really really well, and we beat Brighton, and we hadn't conceded in those two games, and you know if you took if you had to take those two results before it started, you would have taken them, but it it was I, I was surprised about how emotional everybody was about uh Ventroni passing away and not and that's that's because I I have obviously no in, insight in, into what's going going on in the club and it's it was like it had a massive impact on Kane on all of them on Kane you look, look at Loris when he like held his shirt up at the end and the fan base at the 
your way fans were sort of singing his name and stuff. It must. It, it, I, I think. I think by and large we underplayed how significant it was, Rick. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know the timelines. If yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? If he if if he passed away before the Frankfurt game. Uh, or if it was he was ill then well actually the, it was did he pass around on the Thursday so he must have played on the Tuesday when but I mean it, it, I, I got... don't know that, that doesn't doesn't matter but um yeah I mean you have seen the outpouring from all all players um on social media and like you said about Larice with the shirt Conte has worked with a guy for like 30 years from Conte's uh, interview <clears throat> He said that um, he spoke to him. I think it was on the Thursday. Yeah, man, that was so, that was so tough that to listen to. He that he was feeling ill. He had a bit of a fever, and um, you know that he said you know he was more worried about missing training or missing work. Um, and that was the last time he spoke to him. And it's you know you you don't know out of the players and the club who knew that he he was ill. And it's really hard to take when it's um, it's unexpected. And even if people did know, I think they, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to read between the lines and stuff. But it was like a, it was under control or it was being monitored closely. Um, and it, he just took a real bad turn for the worse. Yeah. And but- having to get yourself motivated. I mean, to, to motivate yourself, obviously, you're going to do it for him and get the win and, and play as best as you can. But still, man, having to play through that and also the um the post match interview and it went to Kane. Yeah. And they asked him and there was like this few seconds where he was gonna go. You could just hear it in his voice. You could see it in his in his eyes like tearing up. And immediately it was just like a stick in the throat for me. And I was just like fucking hell man like <laughs> these, these—they're all feeling it, and I, like we're all feeling it as well. You saw, you saw um, so, Conte's reaction as well in the build-up to the game, like the, when they had the minute silence. Like how, like this is a guy who's he's shared every moment of glory he's had as a manager together. He knows their kids. So he, in, in the press conference, he he talked about how um, you know he's, he he mentioned his kids' names and his wife and. And that's that's something else. It's like like any of us like who do something like decent or, or involved in something decent, and you do it together. It's um, I can't imagine what what it might have been like for him to listen to the, Conte to listen to that, and their and and the, um, Gian's family to be a part of that. But fundamentally, intrinsically, within the club, he was loved and an outsider club he was loved so yeah man it's um yeah it's grim it's grim but uh also you know it was a celebration of his life and the, and the input he's had as a in football and, and, and outside of football um i don't know what else we can say that hasn't been said already it just felt like we should even though we you know talked about it in the last podcast but it felt like it was pertinent to mention it again given you know what went on at the weekend Anyway, um, um, it feels like trite to go on to this, but we moved towards the game uh, against Brighton. Uh, T, what what did you make of it overall? It was uh, a 
would you say it was a good performance, a satisfactory performance? Is, was you happy with it? Um, I was relatively happy. I think it was clear from the outset that we were we weren't going to put on a five star performance and stick six or seven on these guys. It was going to be, you know, a very attritional game, and that's how the game bore out in the end. And you know, I'm I'm fairly happy they went to a tough place to to get the win. I didn't realize how good. Brighton's home record was, you know, we were the last team to beat them at their ground, last of the away team to beat them at their ground. Yep. But it was um, it was a great result in the context of how Brighton have done this season. You know, they lost their manager because he was obviously very sought after. It's not like they've sacked a manager and have brought someone in. Um, you know, the guy that brought it is very reputable with, with Zerbi. And, you know, we went with 3-5-2. There's lots of talk on, you know, podcasts and on social media that we probably, maybe we should go to 3-5-2. And, um, we looked fairly comfortable with it for the most part, but it's one of those that's still it's still a work in progress. I think it would be nice if we had a more progressive midfielder in the central three than just three people who are more known for their holding abilities than actually going forward. But I think this, at the end of the season, we'll look on that as a massive three points. Yeah, 100% I agree. Um, Rick, a few fans have been saying that uh, outside and, and inside Spurs fan base as well, to be fair, saying that Conte's football is poor. What do you make of that accusation? Are we playing poor football? Uh, no, I don't think we are playing poor football, but I do feel like we are playing um, a pragmatic, controlled way of football. So it's very easy to look at um, a team like City, free-flowing at the moment, uh, scoring loads of goals and to say that's the way you play football, that and be and anything else that is different to that, that isn't entertaining is poor. Um, and it's easy to pick up lots of different stats and say Tottenham are one of the worst in this, that and the other and to show that narrative. But um, if you were to come somewhere between the middle or to say that we are super defensive or super attacking, we're, we're somewhere in between. Um, I'd like us to be a bit more attacking, but I mean, the way we play and the way we set up and the way that Conte has his teams playing, it's never going to be all guns blazing. And I think that, I think it's easy to dismiss it as poor with with, with the stats that you have um, and that we haven't been absolutely chinning teams. It annoys me, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I can also understand where it comes from because, you know, people pay their money and they, they want to be entertained. And also there's this kind of um, the social media wars as to be like, the, 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 there's there's no in-between. It's like either you're the greatest attacking team or you're fucking shit and you've got 11 men behind the ball and, and that's it. There's, there's no in-between. <coughs> um, if, if we started the season knowing, T, that, that we were, after nine games, going to be on 20 points, third in the league, and, you know, Doing what you'd, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Like, regardless of all of the things that have gone before us, you'd, you'd take that in a heartbeat. I, I would have done. I, I, we wouldn't imagine yeah. that Arsenal would be top. You'd think Liverpool or Man City would be. But Liverpool have fallen off. Arsenal have come to the fore and they, they do look good. And, and I think, like, 
a massive part of the frustrations as a Spurs fan we're feeling is because Arsenal are doing well. But you like the position we're in right now, six one, two drawn and one defeat. You no, know, a goal difference of ten. That's a healthy position to be in. No, absolutely. And um we're missing vital player in um, in Kulisevsky. Um Sonny hasn't really come come to the fore this season for, for the most part. And in spite of these things, we're still, you know, we're still in touch, you know, with the leaders of the league. I think um, what Spurs fans probably would have liked this season is to be in touch with the leading pack, maybe uh, back in the January, start of February, just be in touch with the leaders. And we see him on track to do that. Um, I've, I've often said that in a World Cup season, when the World Cup is in the middle of the season, there's going to be some freak results. Um, after being top of the league is one. Liverpool being 10th, I think, um, is another one. So um, there's going to be some very weird results this season. But um, we've had some tough games. Um, we've gone to Stamford Bridge, we've gone to the Emirates, we've gone to Upson Park, we've gone to the Amex. And, you know, we've done, done, done reasonably well. Arsenal have only had one big away game, I think that was against Man U, and they got slumped. So it shows that you know, there's a long way to go. We shouldn't lose heart yet. I mean, we... Um, you know, I think the well, the elephant in some people's rooms is um, Pochettino and the way we looked under him. But sometimes you have to be a bit more practical with the squad that we have. We're in the midst of a rebuild. And I think with all things considered, we should be happy with, with where we are right you now. Could, about that Pochettino thing, though, is that you could say the same about Liverpool and, and Klopp. Like Klopp had Liverpool playing in an all-conquering side. They look unbeatable. They were superb. Only defeated twice by Man City side that will never disappear you see this this season how good they are and, and they have um, Haaland and Pep and all the money in the world and all, all kinds of ways that they can pay Haaland nearly £900,000 a week if he hits all these bonuses which he's naturally going to do they find find a way to do it so they're always going to be there but Klopp and Liverpool have sort of run the course over the last four or five years with them and now you're looking at them like, and there are some questions out there whether or not Klopp will last the season. So looking at Pochettino's Tottenham and what we have currently isn't, you, you can make the comparison, but it's not helpful, I don't think. Um, Rick, three-five-two. we switched to it this week. Um, a lot of us have been calling for that. I f- was really comfortable watching that game. And, and this is a good Brighton side. Not even, like, w- without Potter, this is still a good Brighton side. Um, a good manager who plays possessive attacking football. And with the 3-5-2, they weren't able to. We had control of possession for a lot of the time. They, they had their moments. But I feel like, generally, we were in control of the game. Did you prefer that formation? Or would you, would you prefer to go back to a 3-4-3 should Kulisevsky come back next week? It's a bloody tough one, mate. I tell you that. I think we looked really. I think we looked really good. Had a lot of chances in the first half, um, and then the second half, Brighton were a bit more busier, uh, but we contained them. Um, it, it's always like in the back of my mind. So we've been playing three four three, and I have also been saying. I get a bit worried that we're going to get run, overrun or we have been overrun in midfield. So we switched to 3-5-2. That's going to solve all our problems. But then we, when we're attacking we, we and when we're breaking, we just have the two up top. And I do kind of feel that Kulisewski, if he's fit, the guy has to play. 
he just has to play because he's fucking mustard and he's such a driving force and he's such a tricky player um, and he puts some great balls in and I just don't know. I mean, if, if we did go to 3-5-2, is there like, um, is there a world where Kulisevsky plays and he plays just behind uh, the front two? Potentially, I yeah. don't know because he said personally that he, that's his favoured position. He likes to play number 10. Um, but but that but, but that three five two isn't we, we don't have a number ten particularly you know we may, maybe potentially we could do but it, it is a very yeah. much a flat midfield and Ben Sankor is that advancing midfielder and um, Skip played it as well uh, in certain games yeah. under under Conte as well but you're right if Kulusevski is fit make him fit inside that that formation or if if he can't fit in a three five two then we have to play a three four three because. He's that good. Is that what you're saying, Rick? Yeah, t- yeah, totally. And if I'm being honest, um, watching that, the, the, there wasn't a, a cavernous difference as to say, fuck, yeah, right, 3-5-2, we've absolutely demolished Brighton, we've controlled them in every bit, we had like the best possession we've had and... It just wasn't it. It wasn't as clear. I, did, I'd we, like we, to see us play this formation a bit more to be able to kind of um, to yeah. make a deciding factor. But to we say, weren't yeah, abs- this, the, we we're weren't absolutely midfield where, where where we have been previously. The two man midfield of uh, of Hoybier and Bentancur, while they've done their job, it felt in in my opinion, it felt like we had control of the midfield and we dictated the flow of the game. We had a better possession stat than than Brighton, who who under this manager not just Brighton specifically, but throughout his career has been famed for having possession and we wouldn't allow him to have it. I just feel like we've got the quality to to, to hit them with just two up front. Yeah, 59%, by the way. Did they? Yeah. I think you're talking bollocks. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to pretend that you didn't say that. And uh, I, I'm... Yeah, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. What, they, they had a better... It didn't feel like that to me. Maybe the, percent, maybe the pass completion was um, maybe lower, but they had 59% more possession than... Over us, what they had nearly 14 six, goal I attempts think... to eight, four goals, four shots on goal to three, and so on. How about fucking you fuck off? How about that? Right, you fuck <laughs> off, <too. laughs> Flav. I just want to go back to like when you were saying about Ben Tangor playing you know, that little bit further quick, forward. Just quickly, felt, uh, do, do you know what it, that was? Sorry, mate. Sorry, uh, I, I'm so desperate for the 352 to work that I've just built stats in my own head that support my idea that don't exist. If that's true, 60% to Pretty much sixty percent to Brighton. Yeah. Wow. Well, we did do. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We did switch to three four three, and that's where we lost possession in the in the latter part of the game. So uh, yeah, we're both right in a way. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> Sorry, what was going to say, Rick? Uh, no, I just uh, talking about Benzenkur, and uh, I think um, I, I like the role that he was playing. He was getting a bit more forward, um, and he was. Uh, he was driving in that kind of final third and he also had uh, a shot that was saved. Good shot as well. Yeah, it was good. It was. So it, it, it's just nice to see like Hoybier this season. Um, like uh, There was a lot of complaints, just a bit like, uh, and from me as well, um, last season that he was a bit one dimensional um, and that when he got into attacking positions that he didn't play the right ball or he wasn't looking for passes. It was always safe. Um, and towards the tail end of last season, and especially this season, he he's been he's been fantastic. Well, Hobier was uh, man of um, match, man of the match again, um, and uh, I mean it's 
this was a player that we thought we might be able to upgrade. Maybe Basuma is going to shunt him out of the team. And it, 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 has he been our best player this year, T? Do, do, do you think that Hoybier, have you been impressed by him? He's been the most consistent, but it's kind of in a damn of faint praise, really, that he has been the best because so many of the players you expect more from have been out of sorts. I mean, Romero, who, you know, did on this podcast um, for a long time, has been had a bit of a mixed bag of a season so far. Um, Kane's been up and down. Um, Son's had his own issues, even been dropped for the Leicester game. So a lot of our players who we look towards haven't been in the best form. So it's good that um, Hoybier has taken up the baton and been a lot more consistent in his performances. And, you know, against Brighton, he did great. And as I said on on the Patreon pod, him and Eric Dyer in particular, they're two, you know, locker room guys. They're guys in the locker room who everyone just respects and they get a performance out of people. So what Hoybier gives is more than what we see in the pitch. He's um, obviously, you know, obviously he's got the whole Viking thing going on, but there's a lot more to it than that. He's very... Um, he strikes me as being very emotionally intelligent as well. And I think he's, um, you know, when we eventually win our trophy and Hoybier is part of it, there'll be a lot of um, talk as to the influence that he's had since he's joined yeah. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, Matt Doherty came in for Emerson. Rick, um, how do you think he got on? Actually, before you answer that, there's a question from uh, FBL Masterpiece. He says, what did you think of uh, Doherty's performance? Was it enough to convince you that, one, Doherty is miles better than Royale, and two, Conte just like, likes to rest on his mortals? Mortals? Laurels, probably. Um, he, he can be wrong in his assessments. Feels like um, FPL uh, Masterpiece might have a bugbear with uh, Conte. Um, it's got an agenda. He's got an agenda. It feels like it stinks. This question stinks of agenda, which is fine. It's fine. We've all got our own. We've all got our own. Um, yeah. What? Sorry, Rick. What did you make of Doherty's performance? I thought he was good. He was tidy. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was good. And um, there was, I think there was there was early signs which um, which I liked. I think it was uh, Benzenko putting a delicious ball um, down the channel for Doherty to run onto, and he just took one too many t- touches or, or miscontrolled and he toe-ended it out. But it was the fact that he made that run, he got in that position, he, he kind of went uh, behind their back line, ready to kind of pull the ball across. Just that little bit of rustiness uh, let him down. And then there was um, another ball where Cess uh, come tearing down the left, swung the ball in, and it was really hard to um, control or even take a shot and Doherty had a go and got on it and it just it just kind of looped over the bar but again he was in that position for like Conte likes the the wingers to get forward and for that ball to come across um so he was in that position he had a go which both signs uh really positive and then in the second half there was um a tackle I think it's been quite made of uh, where Dyer goes over to to Doherty and they kind of butt heads as to say 
fucking well well in there, son, like a last ditch uh, toe end. So I thought he, for being out for so long, um, he had a really positive game and it wasn't a game where I was thinking, are we actually going to be better off for all? And I'm looking forward to him getting more games, getting a bit more um, momentum, some more rhythm, getting that rustiness off. Um, so yeah, I do think yeah, I do think he had a good game. I want I do want to <coughs> mention that I, I read a, a, an interview with him, and he was I think the the interviewer asked him that whether Conte's um, kind of um, where, where it was just a a lot of it was taken. I don't know if it was taken out of context, but Conte was saying you know uh, I'm not going to put Doherty in. I want to win the game. Do you think I'm stupid? Um, or along those lines, anyway. It wasn't about and Conte, the, though. I mean, so it wasn't about Do- Doherty. It was about him deflecting the reporter's question about, you know, are you making the wrong decisions? That's what I think it was about. It's not about Doherty. But, and then Doherty answered that and said, a lot of the lads and other people saw the interview and it was taken out of context and it wasn't about me. Um, and then they said, does it motivate you? Um and he said, no, that comment doesn't motivate me because it wasn't, like, about me. Yeah. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. I mean, like, I would have been like, yeah, it does motivate me. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, someone's, if someone's fucking panning me or mentions my name, I'm going to shove it right up your ass, mate. I'll, but, I'll, just, I'll be thumbing, um, thumbing my own dick up my own ass going, oh, God, boy, <laughs> this is the only way I can get love. This is the only way I can get love. <laughs> So I thought it was quite interesting that he was quite uh, level-headed about that. But then uh, I thought his um, performance was was uh, encouraging, shall we say? Yeah, um, T. What, what do you? What, what do you? Obviously, Doherty's going to be playing the next two games at least. Um, do you think he can do enough in those two games? And I think he did enough in this game to say that he's in competition with Emerson Royale. Um, do you think he can do enough in the next two games to? suggest that we can see a um, a right wing-back role secured for Matt Doherty for the foreseeable future? Mm, definitely got a chance. I think, you know, we've got Everton next. And, God, who's the fixture after that? Is that Man U? Man U away. Um, yeah, we never went at Old Trafford. But um, I think he's um, he needs to get match fitness. I don't think um, Conte said anything about the form or the abilities of Matt Doherty. It's more his match fitness. I didn't mm. feel that um, his fitness is up to par. And um, I think towards the end of the game, he, was, um, he looked a bit knackered. I mean, he had enough energy to make that last-ditch tackle that Ricky mentioned. So um, he's probably got... Um, I think he'll have a good chance of giving Royale some competition. But Conte really likes Royale. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think he probably wishes that the 800,000 quid didn't get mentioned before the Arsenal game. But um, <laughs> it shows that he's willing to improve himself as a player. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think Doherty's got, got a good chance. There's so many games this month anyway. I think it would be good if Doherty play- starts in the Frankfurt game as well to give him another 90 minutes under his belt. If he starts Royale, then I think it's fairly evident that it's a weird position to lose, regardless of the sending off against Arsenal. Yeah, indeed. indeed. You know, um, you know the the tackle from um, was it Matty Cash that uh, tackled mm. Doherty oh, last season and injured yeah. him? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, and he had to have surgery, and he's thirty, loses his place at right back. Do you think Doherty in the back of his head's like going to be like when he sees Matty Cash, he's, he's just going to fucking boot put, him up and put air. it on him? 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, exactly. Lay him out. Like, like just as in, it's one of them ones where you know, you know, you you like he's, he's cussed your mum. Like when you're back in school, and the geezer's cussed your mum, and uh, you haven't, you haven't had a chance to meet him after school, and a couple of weeks have passed, you haven't seen him, and then you see him in the hallways, and he's not. He's like, ah, oh, right, man. He's forgotten about what he's done. He's forgotten about what he's done, and you just lamp him like straight down the throat. Punch snooker ball in a sock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just wrap, wrap a snooker ball around his nut. Just say, yeah, this is what you've done. And this is the thing: is like Matty Cash is a good. He's a good fullback. He's, he's good. Like everyone, like, they all love him over there. You don't know what you've done, and there are consequences for your actions. This is what I say to my son all the time. Is like you, the, the, the how you behave. There is a reaction to that, and 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 that reaction is generally the price you have to pay. So Matt Doherty has to put it on Matt Cash the next time they see each other. It's not about, oh, it's all in the sport of the game. What he did to him, that, that challenge wasn't in the sport of the game. It was uh, Steven Gerrard, a manager who's completely out of his depth, doesn't know what he's doing, has, 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 has charged Matty Cash with, uh, uh, you know, just these, these young men who, you know, he's, and, and he's like, oh, I've won Champions League. Did you see Istanbul? He made, he made Matty Cash watch Istanbul four times that week. Back to back, back to back, and he wasn't allowed to leave or eat his dinner until he'd watched that uh, the the miracle of Istanbul. And, and Gerard's pausing shit as well. He's pausing like <laughs> the goal he got back to B one, and rewinding it as well. So look at this. Look what I beat my man. Look what yeah. I beat my man. Yeah. Watch it again. That could be you, Matty Cash. <laughs> but the reality is, it could never be you, Matty Cash. So, so you've done that on Matt Doty, and now because of that, you've stunted his career where he was on an upward trajectory. It needs everybody needs to put it on Matty Cash. Get him. Do you reckon, um, like players like Matty Cash afterwards was just like, oh, fucking hell, man. Oh, lads, has anyone got Doherty's number? Like, I need to, I need to message him. Like, I need to say sorry. And he's like, what's that? I didn't mean it, mate. It's just one of those things and stuff like that. And Doherty's just, just put you wait. Yeah, you wait. That's it. It's so like it's like fun. you wait. It's like when you you go out with the boys and um, you've um, you've dug dug one of their misses out. So ah, you fucking pig? <laughs> You're a pig. Oh. I've always hated you. You've made my my mate's life so bad. It's like fuck the three kids you have together. I've always hated you. It's one of them ones. It's like, oh God, I'm so, he wakes up so regretful. I shouldn't have said that. I believe it, but I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I called my best mate's wife a pig. <laughs> we'll win there. We'll win there. Uh, a great time to, 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 to let you know that uh, the Fighting Cock is sponsored by NordVPN. And, uh, you know, what's, what's great about NordVPN is that Ricky doesn't have it. Like he's come out, he, he, he give it a big bollocks. Oh yeah, I can do the novel, and 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 you don't have it. Why don't you have it, Ricky? Don't don't be honest. Scared, don't I? Scared of. So this so you don't. This is the thing. Is that this is a man, Ricky, and and I love you and your best my, my best mate. But I've never met a man who's more afraid of being exposed on the internet as you. Yeah, it's true. Right, it's so true. I, I tell you what. I North... don't know why. So even if I was exposed on the internet, nothing would happen. No, I'm not talking about people Just... finding out your personal details. I'm not, and, and NordVPN will protect your personal details if you have it in the right folders and what whatnot. If if you use it right, no one's ever going to get you, Rick. But as someone who's so conscious of 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 his personal details and 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 your bank information or whatever it might be, to not have NordVPN is ridiculous. I'll I'll pay for it for you because it will give you a sense of security that you you wouldn't otherwise have, Rick. 
I need, I nearly, uh, like it, this would be a prime example of like, I, I just tell me whether I'd be able to watch this or not. This is, <laughs> this is weird. Like I, I always, I always go on these, but you know, when you get caught down a rabbit hole and you're like, you're just clicking through. Yeah. And, um, I found out that, uh, Carmela in Sopranos, uh, Edie Falco, I think her name is, That's but she name. did a, um, who do you, uh, she did a Who Do You Think You Are yep. in America, and um, I really wanted to watch it. And I think it's on YouTube or it's on something. And I got there, and it wouldn't allow me to watch it because I wasn't in that location. And Joe, I was like, Joe, look, if contact. I had NordVPN, <laughs> I'd be able to watch it, wouldn't I? Yeah, you would. You would. Do you, do you know what else? I, I was looking on... Um... T-, T is shrugging at me like, Come uh, on. and pulling a face. <laughs> Come and, on. Uh, yeah, he's... he's, he's do you, do, do you I know, know I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rick, do you remember back in the day when, um, <laughs> I, I would say in, in the mid-2000s, mid when me and you were going out all the time, and we're getting up to yeah. some naughty stuff. Like, these are pictures yeah. that you wouldn't want anybody to see nowadays. And I was, um, right. I was looking on um, my Google Drive, and for some reason I'd uploaded all of these images from the, the days there. We would go out, I'd get up to all sorts, and you would photograph me, and then the next day... Even for, regardless of your hangover, you would tag me in photos, and my eyeballs are just my eye sockets are just like you know, they were alive, they were like 10 pence saucers. pieces, yeah, saucepans, yeah, yeah, saucers, saucers. And um, you would tag me in them, and like, Ricky, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you keep taking you? Kept going, oh, sorry, 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 you weren't sorry, you know exactly what you're doing, you wanted to make yourself look more sociably acceptable than 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 you were, and you were using my saucepan eye, eyeballs as as a way to, to, That's, to this isn't it. true this isn't true i was celebrating our friendship going out and, bullshit and you know what that, the amount of times exactly what i was doing what the amount of times i asked you to please do not tag me in those photos please do not tag me and you went yeah 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 all right, all right sorry i'll tag you and then the next weekend the, the lesson in all this is always wear shades when doing that sort of thing my point um, is if you have if, if you have <laughs> if you have historic historical images that you don't want anyone to get <laughs> and i'm sure that anyone oh, listening yeah. to this has a google drive or has some sort of backed up images and ricky you have backed up images that you don't want people to yeah, get. yeah 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 well, that's, this is true this is bloody true it will nor vpn yeah, will um, sort you out so. I, I think there's been one occasion i've had to say to someone please take that down Please just take that. This is a week. This is a weekly occurrence for me with with being (laughs) friends with Ricky. What are you doing? Look at me. Look at the state of me, Ricky. Why are you sharing this? This this is this is this is all true. I (laughs) I have got no defence because this did happen regularly. I'm sorry. I was young and I just I was excitable. It it was exciting times. But the good thing, the good thing with NordVPN, (laughs) you can also have it on your phone and all of your devices as well. So. Um, can you a lot, a lot of, a, yeah a lot of these apps um track you from you know from the app to different websites so if you get if you have one nord vpn login you can use it on your phone as well cause that's what i do with mine so yeah, it covers indeed. your devices rick i mean yeah. come on the, the evidence is overwhelming it's also they've got um five thousand six hundred servers plus and they're in bare countries as well so but they could be almost anywhere in the world get them cheap flights and the get thing your is, shit, man. every time we do this it sounds like oh we're reading obviously NordVPN vpn sponsors of the podcast but it's genuinely genuinely useful like you, you can if, if you it, it is that people that listen to this podcast they're discernible gentlemen and women right they travel they they, they go all over the place 
They don't want to pay the money. Like you don't. You can be discernible and not have to pay the. Rick, this this comes back to you. You can yeah. save so much money by having NordVPN. Like you can save on your Netflix. You can save on your Amazon Prime if you have that. You can save on fucking um, Spotify. All, all of the all the good shit that we get, that we have to pay a fortune for. You can get it so much cheaper with NordVPN. Anyway, um, more of that next episode of the Fighting Cop Podcast. But to get it, oh, sorry, I need my glasses here. Uh, nordvpn.com forward slash the fighting cock grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash fighting cock to get a huge discount off your nordvpn plan including four months free if you pay up front for a year it's completely risk-free and you can get your money back in 30 days so try it if you don't like it get your money back it's no risk um right okay you have to go in you better get over and then and just going back to um, what what Ton said. He, he described a blue-eyed Brazilian rocket that he'd been looking for for years. So he, this is a situation that a lot of men, I'm sure women who are listening to this, uh, found themselves in. But they've found a, a particular clip on the internet that has blown their mind, and they always want to return to it. But you know, with things like Pornhub, disappears, and. Generally, the reason why it disappears is there's some sort of copyright that's involved that um, that means that because you're geo-locked, if you don't have a, a VPN like Nord, that you can't access it. And after years, because of Nord VPN, John has been returned to the blue-eyed Brazilian woman. And... Um, reunited. He's been reunited. And I had a look at it and I was like, I don't know what the fuss is about. But, you know, John likes it. And, and a lot of people you know, like... You know, you know it's a nice story. Ask the question today, but I'll ask it again. Um, yeah, are you guys familiar with milking? What does that? Oh, I don't even know no. what that means. What, what are you saying? So basically, it's, it's like when a woman milks a man in a, in a porno scene, essentially. Right? What, so, what, um, what do you mean, like 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 a, like a cow? Yeah, but she's um, she's stimulating his prostate when, wow. when she's doing so. Okay, so why so, do you, um, why do you know so much about it? Yeah, because um, I mean, I was having yeah. a look for some porn today, and that kind of came, you know, kind of came across that. Well, not quite, not literally, because I was at work, obviously, good boy and that. But um, it's, it's called Milked Him. And um, it's a lot of anal in this. I mean, they're both eating out each other's asses. And, um, and yeah, she she had him on all fours. Yeah. Tongue, like, tongue in his bum hole and two hands. So one hand is on the base of his knob and the other one's just pulling him off like he'd milk a cow. And then, you know, so his legs are shaking. Milking. Yes, his legs are <laughs> Anyway, NordVPN. That, that, that helped me find it. Yeah, no? Get involved. You want, you, want, you want that content? Would you be up for that? Sorry? Would I be up would for that? Would you be up for that? Today? Yeah. Can never say, never say never. Never say never. I mean, um, yeah, just, just, you know, it just feels weird that the guy is um, submissive. Because normally in porn, the bloke's normally, you know, almost not submissive. There's normally, you know, the bloke, the alpha. But why do, why in this do, moment, why, why he, is was, every... he, was, he was kind of put on his knees. Why? <laughs> Why, why? Why is it that every time we do do the North VPN reads that it always goes back to the very base level of what men get? You know, we're we're going to get pelters on Reddit for not being as refined as other podcasts, but we are what we are. It's been eleven years. This is oh, this man. is us. Suck a dick. This is it, man. Suck a dick or a yeah. funny, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, what the back okay. of your hand? You know, whatever works. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want, just suck it. Uh, news today that uh, the name rights have come out with um, the fact that it could be Google. Uh, Ricky, how do you feel about the fact that White Art Lane will be called the Google Stadium by Sky Sports forever? 
Um, I'm not really that. That's going to sound not that bothered, but we do refer to the Gooners Ground as the Emirates. Um, they they meant they never so, made a fight. They never consciously called it Ashburton Grove. They never they because of the type of fan base they are and how weak and they just weird, gave up. Yeah, they, they yeah, gave yeah, up okay. immediately. Will we give up? Will uh, we I, give up? I, I um, I when I was trying to book tickets for uh, uh, Arctic Monkeys the other week, um, I could have sworn that their gig in Manchester and it had Emirates Old Trafford or something like that, which that threw me. I don't think Old Trafford. Old Trafford hasn't had its name changed, has it? No, or no. Is it different venue? No, not not no, no. no. The, it might be the cricket ground. Okay. Yeah, it might the be. Cr- and, then, the, 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 and City's ground. What City's ground? Eastlands. City of Manchester. Uh, it's Eastlands. Eastlands. Eastlands originally, but it's Etihad. Yeah, so we do call it the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is it look, uh, as a fan base, we have to just maintain that and. And Daniel Levy and he won't like this sort of conversation. Not that we have any influence at all, but it will never, regardless of how much money anyone pays, and and and, and the amount of money that uh, a uh, a rights holder would pay to to name the, the the stadium won't be insignificant. But we'll we'll always call it White Hart Lane. It's be, apparently since it opened like three or four years ago, it's been in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. When have you ever referred to it as the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? And and, and not checked yourself, if you have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do do always refer to it as Wild Lane. I have, on occasions, referred to it as the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But as soon as I've said it, it's kind of like, oh, fuck. It's like a slip of the tongue. Mm. It's not, yeah... But you know um, we've got we've been it's, it's been White Hart Lane since eighteen ninety seven. You know, um, Arsenal moved to a new stadium. So not, they've got no history of Ashburton Grove, so they're not going to call it that. But you know, as um as a mortal technique once said, in hundred years from now, everyone listening to this will be dead, and and at that time it won't be White Hart Lane anymore. So you know, I mean, there's things that we hold on to, hold on dear, and I hold on to White Hart Lane dearly, but. No, hundred years from now, there'll be kids who will be calling it Google or I don't know the fucking Jurex Stadium or whatever the fuck. It's just one of those things. But is it important to you to, to refer to it as Wild Lane now, or do you not give a shit at all? For me, for for me, yes. Yeah. For me, yes. But um, there is going to come a point when you know maybe fifty years from now when it's known as something else by everyone else. I don't want to be the one weirdo in the pub saying no, no, no. It's fucking Wild Lane when no one's called it that in thirty, forty years. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a massive traditionalist like that. I mean, you know, there's lots of people around my age, mid forties, not fifty four, <laughs> like to um, bang on about fucking nineties hip hop. I'm okay. like, well, it was great. I lived through it, but there's great stuff being made now. Don't fucking pin yourself in an old era. I don't want to be that guy. I can imagine. Uh, I know, but I feel like you will be that guy. And 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 like in in this weird pub, um, God knows what's going on in this pub. But I still like hope Smith's pub. Yeah. Still hope that there is a like um, piss stained carpet, and uh, <laughs> T is like eighty five years old, and he's on his own. And he's swaying because he's drunk way too much beer, and every time he just he'll he, he'll think that he hears someone mention the Google Stadium, <laughs> and then his belligerent state went fucking my alone, you cunt, and then we'll go back to <laughs> go back to swaying. You know what? I like that. I really like that for myself. You know, I hope kid, so. Picking me up from the, from the pub drunk. 
Mm. It's a t- Dad, you've done it again. So yeah, sorry, man. But someone called it the Google Stadium. I had to, I had to fight someone. I had to throw hands. Yeah, I've done it again, but I was right. That's right. <laughs> exactly, I was fucking right. Fuck you, son. <laughs> um. Okay. Commercially, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it's, 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 it's potentially. <laughs> you know what? There was a tweet yeah, earlier on. There's a tweet earlier on from Billy about. Um, can you imagine opposition fans having to use like Yahoo and Art of Vista because we've got a Google Stadium? Because um, obviously a lot of Spurs fans don't use Fly Emirates because it's linked to Arsenal. I mean, imagine not using Google. That's like synonymous with Can't. everything. And, and every, part, every part of their being would be <laughs> reminded that Tottenham Hotspur exists. Like, I do everything I can not to... to get iPhones. <laughs> yeah, they have to. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's going to do a lot for... Apple, uh, you know, in terms of fans from other clubs, but it, every time they boot up Google to, and, and and this is like on every level, it's like when they need to find something out, or they need to find a new level of, um, of porn, or they need to find what Nord VPN are about. They can't do it without thinking about Spurs. So even if we don't win another trophy, like even if we don't win another trophy ever, we're still in your head. We exist yeah, forever yeah. because of Google. <laughs> Um, social finance <laughs> agreed a, a 20 year deal uh, worth a total of 400 million dollars which is about 361 million pounds in total for about 18 million pound a year to place the name on the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers stadium that was in 2019 now neither of you and nor am I accountants or understand the value of that but if it's 2019 and they're paying 400 million dollars what would Google be paying for the rights to take over White Hart Lane? You're thinking 600 million. Well, what you've got to think about is that we moved into the stadium three years ago now. So any less than massive money, then leave it looks like a mug because you've held out. It's been three years now. Um, while COVID is not over, we've got, we've got full stadiums now. So there's no excuse to kind of put on a back burner. We're reaching a point now where... You know, we've had um, a successful number of NBA, sorry, NFL games at at White Hart Lane. So we've got, we got we we need to be getting that sort of money. Otherwise, what was the point of you holding out? It, there's no point of you holding out. I mean, I think all three of us, well, I'll speak for myself in this, that it would be good if it was Nike because Nike make the kits. You know, Nike sponsoring the stadium would just be good. But Google is like fucking humongous and. The money you're talking about, Flav, has got to be that sort of money. It has to yeah, be. massive. The massive. fact that we've held out three years. This sort of deal circumnavigates financial fair play because it's sort of like capital gains. It's, it's the amount of money that you create and generate as a football club. The same thing that Manchester City have done. Like again, the, what, what Harland, how they pay Harland nearly a million pounds a week is because of um, using sponsorship deals to the, of, of companies that, I'm going to say this really carefully just in case, just in case the minute opportunity that someone might sue us. But they're using, actually, fuck it. They've, they're finding a way to, uh, to, to pay Harlan's wages. And uh, it isn't s- simply from Premier League money. Um, but this, this does give us an opportunity to, um, to invest huge amounts of money into the, the first team. Rick, do you think that that will happen? No. <laughs> I think we'll. Um, I think we we obviously will as to say that yeah we've had this little uh, we've had this to some windfall, degree you will it will and uh, 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 and we will um, 
show it by investing in the first team, <laughs> but also it's a, it's a one billion pound stadium that we've got loans for and this, that, and the other. And I think um, we will go some way to either uh, paying some of that off, or in the original plans, wasn't there a hotel, a museum, like a like a park area or some shit like that? Um, and it might be the you know the Bro- first bricks that go down for that ruffle. So I, hopefully, imagine, Tottenham themed brothel. Could you imagine a, a high class brothel? <laughs> <laughs> you just get, you get, you get your like, you get your Google, get your um, Android phone out, and you just scan it, and then there you go. You get twenty percent off. An ecosystem. Season ticket holders get twenty percent off. You imagine like the amount, like the fact that they've, they've been resistant in building flats and and the demolished homes in Tottenham. And one of the things they would do is just build a high class brothel. Just on the edge of the park lane. Just for the, dis- on another for the note, discerning gentleman. I, I don't know if you guys have been around King's Cross, but the Google offices look fucking amazing. So There you go. I think it, it kind of ties in that, you know, if, if Google do get to Tottenham, because it's not that far from, from King's Cross, the offices look amazing. So it'd be like, I don't know, maybe, because Google's got a massive ecosystem. And it just it just makes sense. And this is probably um, well, there is a brothel the there. biggest... Oh, there's loads. I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got the Flying Scotsman if you need some low-class... Um, there you go. <laughs> low-class strippers. Google don't oh, give a God, shit. Why did I they say love, that? They love it. They absolutely love it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they do. But this is um, this is the first kind of name that's been solidly linked to Tottenham in terms of a sponsorship for the naming rights. It's been, it's been fleeting um, speculation of Nike and, other, and Amazon and other huge organisations. But this feels like the most concrete speculation that I've had of Google. So it's, it's positive. Um, we were going to do a um, a quarter season review of the of the season, a quarter, quarter way view of the season thus far. But I think we should go on to the questions, and we'll do that in the latter latter podcast that we're going to do in, in the latter part of this week. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes the thing that I can't speak, and yet I've made a career out of it, is fucking mental. <laughs> Make any sandwich. sense at all? Sandwich, indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> Pepe Silva, he says, if uh, Levy hands you a sixty-five million pound check and tells you to get someone in in January, who is it based on the performances so far? So we're going to pretend that all of us have have a sort of wide-reaching knowledge of football everywhere <laughs> on the planet. But is there anyone out there that you think that if we we like you know laid down sixty-five million pound that? We we could get and it would improve us. And why isn't it James Madison, Rick? I was going to say. Oh, go go TT go go. I was going to say him, but um, Barella does he play a similar role? I don't know who he is. Nicola Barella, uh, yeah, is he, uh, does he play a similar role? I don't know. I, don't know. I, probably, I, I probably got I probably got the role wrong, but I think Madison is is the obvious choice. But Newcastle would be linked with him, just kind of put a fly in the ointment there. But I think Madison is probably a player that's. Clearly, what we need and would be great. So, go on, Rick. What about you, Rick? Barella? Uh, 
No, there's a player in the Bundesliga in how many games. That's such an in-joke. Anyone who isn't a Patreon won't know why that's an in-joke. If you want to get in the in-jokes, then you can pay by going patreon.com forward slash fighting cock. But don't, you don't, don't, don't feel obliged because the joke isn't even that good. But yeah, Rick, tell us about the Bundesliga. <laughs> um, I, I would probably go with Madison as well. Um, what do you think he does? Well, yeah, he, what, what is it that he does? Like what? He te- I, what, he, I, what I'm looking for is someone that can play um, central, uh, like central midfield, where we've got Hoybier, Benzenkur, but that's just a bit more creative and can weigh in with weigh in a lot more with the goals. Um, I just feel like sometimes there is a gap between our front three and our midfield and then where our um, wing backs are supporting that there just isn't enough in how many, uh, how much we're creating assists and goals. And I think Madison with his, you know, Premier League experience and just how many goals he fucking gets and creates, it would be with that money as well. And where Leicester are, I think it's, I think we could do it. I yeah, really about, do. About so outside, that, that, that'd be that'd be my um, pick. Outside of what's happening at Arsenal and Man City and Foden specifically, then Madison is the guy. And um, whether you like him or not, he, he would <clears throat> add something to our forward play. And to see him in a Spurs show, I think would it would be a bit of a statement signing because you know the same the same way we we went and got Perisic and we got Basuma. We bought players, good good players from teams that aren't anywhere near on our level, but team, uh, players that will systematic systematically improve what we're doing. I think James Madison is is a great great shout. Um, let's end it here on this question, which is from Alex Bryson. He says, "Surely you have some opinions on the newly fabricated ultras at Woolwich." T, I think you're best place to answer this. <laughs> it's it's not I don't I don't see an issue with it like they as much as I hate it I really really hate the fact they're enjoying themselves like they they like if if it was us it would be the same like ultras or not or how young or old your fan base is you're going to support your club the way you, you want to support it and all I saw and I hate it when they beat Liverpool at the weekend was a an end that went off, and that isn't something that you generally associate with Arsenal. And if that was what is an ultra, if that's what an ultras um, <coughs> culture creates, then you know, long may it continue. Not for them, but everybody else. You know, I mean, you know, it's twenty twenty two. I can't say what I'd really, really like to say because obviously I get in a lot of trouble. Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Don't be a, don't be a, um, be a wholesome human being. Yeah, try it. <laughs> try being just, a wholesome human on. being. Go on. I, w- I wouldn't have been against the stadium collapsing on them. But, um, good, good. I've been, I've been, I've been <laughs> wasn't expecting that. that. Um, wasn't expecting that at all. The entire, <laughs> the entire stadium collapsing on them because <laughs> they're enjoying their football. I don't want them having any fun. Fuck them. But, um, 
done myself in now. Um, the entire stadium no, collapsing um, in on itself on all of those people. All the families. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, collateral damage. It is but what that. it is. It is what it is. But, um... Spurs, isn't it? Spurs. Think, oh, exactly. I fucking hate those cunts. But, um... You know, they're having fun and we'll, we'll see when, you know, they eventually lose a few games and they'll still be there. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, what just made me think of was a Frankfurt game. I think there was a lot of said about how Frankfurt fans sang throughout, but it just becomes a bit of a drone after a while because for me, good fans ebb and flow with the game. So you could be two, three, nil down the same as if three, nil. They're kind of ebb and flow. And, you know, I'm not a fan of, of ultras, but... um. Ultimately, I mean, I do kind of echo what Flav says that, you know, they're there and they're making noise and I guess it's uh, positive, even if it is those cunts. This is the bit that... I would have loved to have seen under, under the rubble of a stadium. Yeah, yeah. Hands, the, the stadium's in the rubble, you've got hands out, just hoping that someone can reach them and I'm just like, no, no one's going to reach you. Fuck you. I was going to just sort of... I would say back it up. I'm not on, I'm not on T's level. I would say that um, um, I'm, I'm involved in the same conversation. Just say this is the best you're going to ever have it. This is the, what you're having right now, which is essentially the same thing that you've experienced twice in um, the past 20, 20 years, 20, 25 years, where there are only two teams that are in your position that haven't won the league and they were both you. And you're all bouncing around and you're happy. This is the best it's going to get. And the greatest thing about it, and, you know, I've got no time for Manchester, Manchester City. I've got no time for Haaland. Is there's no chance that Arsenal can stop Manchester City winning this league. So this is your best moment. And yet, Manchester City and that conglomerate of a football club are going to stop you from doing it. The real fucking kick in the nuts is that it's Leicester that stopped us from doing it. <laughs> and, and that is the, that, Spurs. That, that, I mean, I love I love Spurs for it. I love I love Spurs for it. And it's always going to be the way. Uh, Ricky T, thank you so much. And um, we beat Everton. My pleasure. We beat Everton in the weekend. We we'll beat him in the weekend. We're, we're Frankfurt. We're Everton. We're go- Gordon. Gordon suspended for Everton. So that's, that's a positive. And Frankfurt will get walloped because um, we created loads of chances and we should have walloped them. Just wasn't clinical but on Wednesday going to get a goal early on and smash them yep. so yeah and we're going to be Everton can be a be... decent atmosphere yeah are you going boys are you going yep I'm going yeah mate proper fans alright that is the you Fighting know. Cock podcast thank you so much uh, for downloading and being a part of the Fighting Cock and um, the 30% of you that are still with us we love you deeply because you are love you important. all yeah man all of them <laughs>
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.